0: Good morning. Good to see you guys. Uh, I put my glasses on, so now I look like a different person, so we'll forget what just happened. Uh, So, uh, like I said, my name is Alex. It's good to be with you guys as we worship the Lord this morning. Uh, We're in our second week of our new series, uh, Work is Worship, right? Uh, Ricky started us off last week walking through Genesis 1 creation as God worked... To make this beautiful earth and to make us, right? But even further in Genesis chapter 2 to discuss how w- the work that God made, right, reflects to us as we are his image bearers. That as we carry God's image, we work and our work is good. And how we should worship God in our work, and so today we're going to keep talking about work, vocation, jobs, whatever it is. Uh, but before we dive in a little bit, I, I want to share a story from when I was in college and I ran track. I know close the yearbook, Alex. It was a few years ago, but we're going to dive in anyway. Uh, so athletics are difficult, right? You you go to practice, you push your body, it hurts, it's not fun, but you do all of it. And, and it's hard work as you go to practice each and every single day. You're sore. You you work hard, right, at track meets or football games. Whatever sport it is, it's pretty hard. It's tough. It takes a lot of work to become a good athlete or to continue to pursue to be better. Now, for me, personally, it took a lot of extra work because, honestly, I, I'm not that athletic, uh, and I was actually terrible for a lot of my track career for most of my life, but it, I started to realize at one point that, man, I was being lazy. I was being careless at practices. I didn't care how I did at track meets. And it started to bother me because I wasn't working hard. I wasn't working diligently. And I started to realize that doing all of that, right, being lazy and not actually caring about what was going on, was dishonoring God. It wasn't loving Him, and it wasn't loving even... The teammates who are around me, right, who are busting their tails at track practices, hoping to win a conference championship, and over here, I'm just kind of walking, being lazy, not really caring how I do, and so I decided to change my mindset. I said, I need to do something in order to make it so that I could actually love God and continue to love my teammates well in the midst of this, and so I took my track spikes, and on the left one, I actually wrote down Colossians 3.23, Work hard for the Lord, is what I wrote right under it. then I took the right track spike, and I wrote, remember why you work. Remember why you work. Now, if you've ever seen a track meet, or if you yourself have ever kind of run or done sprints, what do you typically do, right? Like, you kind of go up to the line, and you tend to, like, look down or get ready to go, and you kind of dig your foot in, right? You see that, like, on the TV, or you see that when you go to a track meet or whatever. And, And so it was a reminder for me to look down at my track spikes to see Colossians 3.23, work for the Lord, and to also see, remember why you work, remember why you compete, remember why it is what you do, and that small change, changed the, the entire way how I looked at practice I looked at track meets, because whether it was repeat 200s, and it was absolutely terrible and super hard to run those, or whether it was a track meet, I knew that I had to work hard to love God and to love my teammates. I knew that I needed to kind of dig in and just say, okay, I'm going to keep busting my tail and doing the best that I can to continue to honor the Lord and what it is that I'm doing. Now, that started to reflect uh, just even in my relationship with my teammates, because they saw a change, right? They saw something different, how Alex was no longer lazy, but he was kind of starting to work a little more. And that led to further change because the more I worked hard, the better I got, right? The stronger, the more in shape. And so that led to me being able to score some points. And so that helped the team and loved the team through the work that I was doing. And, and that allowed to, for some kind of cool conversations that I was able to have with people because they'd be like, oh, you, you're working really hard. Yeah, it's because I love the Lord and I just want to honor Him with what I'm doing. And and so if God would use something as common as track and field to work in my heart so that I would love Him and, and as the byproduct, I would love those who are around me, how much more would God use something so beautiful as our daily jobs, right? As our workplace or whatever it is that we do that as we work diligently, as we love Him at our work, That it would lead to us loving those around us. That it would lead to us to blessing those around us through the hard work that we're putting in. So uh, today we're going to dive into Colossians 3, 23 and 24. We'll kind of be all over the Bible too, but uh, camp out in Colossians 3, 23 and 24. And and as we walk through this text, we're going to see what happens and how we should love God in the workplace, how we love others and how we be a light. And we'll answer certain questions like, Man, why should we work in a certain way? Do, do you love others by loving God and working hard? And why should we want to serve? So uh, read with me Colossians three twenty-three and 24. Short, little snippet, but it's beautiful. It says this, Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. You are serving the Lord Christ. Now, the letter to the church in Colossae, the Colossians, right? Paul writes, and in chapter 3, he's kind of talking about this new life in Christ that we have. That as we've been adopted into the family, that Jesus has now saved us and changed us. It leads us to different types of relationships, right? So, in the second half, he starts talking about our relationships within the home. So, husbands, wives, right, with your children, honoring your parents, different things like that. And then he goes on to go to relationships outside of the home, specifically talking about bond servants and slaves and their relationship. And now, bond servants and slaves, it's different, a little different than what we would typically think of slavery in America. Now, the Bible's still not condoning slavery. It's not saying that slavery is okay, get that. Uh, but Paul is just talking about what's happening modern day. He's talking about specifically relationships. Since you're in Christ, your relationship is now different with others. You have a different worldview. And so Paul says work heartily in whatever it is you do. Work heartily in whatever it is you do. Now, working heartily right if you dig down to kind of that word it means like examine your heart check your heart as you work and do everything that you do and now as we talk about work vocation our jobs right it's kind of a gut punch because i i don't know about you guys but i don't exactly wake up at 8 a.m every day and check my heart before i walk into the building to get ready to work I don't know how many of us would probably stop in the parking lot of our job before we go to the office or before we wake up to take care of the kids or whatever it is to actually examine our hearts and say, man, is my heart right before the Lord? Am I working heartily for the Lord? Am I continuing to examine myself to say, man, everything I do I want to honor Jesus with and I want to work to love Him in whatever it is that I do? It's not just about clocking in and clocking out. It's not just about working for the paycheck to provide needs. No, it's to work to actually love the Lord. That's our biggest motivation. As Paul tells us, you don't work for men. You don't work for yourself. No, you work for the king. You work for God himself. This is who you work for. And so why do we work for him? Because the motivation matters. Because if the motivation's all off, then everything else is going to be off, right? The motivation matters, and so our motivation should be to work for the Lord, that He's ultimately who we work for. So why do we work for Him? First, well, He kind of gave us jobs, right? Like He's specifically given you what you have. He could take it away at any time that He so desires. This is a gift that He's placed you in, in this specific Moment, right? Your job is a gift from Him. So you work for Him to say, Yeah, thanks for providing, Lord. I, I appreciate that, right? But secondly, and most importantly, right, we work for Him because He's the God of the universe. We love Him with all that we do because He came and He died for us and He gave us new life when He defeated sin and death and He rose on the third day. And out of a response, our heart motivation to, should go, Man, God was so good to me. And so I'm just going to respond to actually love Him in everything that I do. To love Him in absolutely every little thing that I do and every big thing that I do. That's our motivation for us as we think of work and we think of worship to love God through our work. Now... Paul goes on to start talking about this inheritance, right? He says, this inheritance that you receive from the Lord. Uh, Now, this inheritance, he's drawing on some language from the Old Testament. You see, when you read the Old Testament, you start reading how God promised this inheritance to Israel, right? And what was their inheritance? Their inheritance was the Holy Land, right? That they would travel to and hope to see and have and live in. And continually, God promises them this inheritance of the Holy Land. So for now, us today, when we read about this inheritance, Paul is drawing on that language to draw us in to say, remember the inheritance that you have because of Jesus. So church, remember the inheritance that you have because of Jesus. Jesus. That because of Him, one day He will return, and He will restore all things, and we will live in the Holy Land. We will absolutely have the entire earth, new earth, with the King, and we get to live with Him. He is our inheritance. So as we go forward, as we work, as we worship the Lord, and have our heart actually in a proper motivation to love Him, to remember that inheritance, right? A reminder to continue to go back. Man, Jesus has done so much for us and we have so much more with Him in eternity that we should just continue to honor Him and everything it is that we do because of that beautiful inheritance that He's given to us. That He's so gracious and so kind and so loving to invite us into the family. For eternity. That's a beautiful blessing. Talk about the best Christmas bonus you could ever have, right? What a wonderful inheritance. inheritance. Now, as you start thinking about your vocation, right? Whatever it is that you do day to day, whether you're in an office or you're at home or you're on the road, whatever it is day to day, we think of this word vocation as our job And so this word vocation actually has a root, right? Voca, which in the Latin actually means calling. Your place of work, your vacation, whatever it is that you do each day, God has called you to be there. Within his perfect plan, within his perfect purposes, he has strategically said, I want you there. You're not there by accident. God doesn't work out of chaos, but He works out of order. As we saw in Genesis 1 last week, perfect order as He made creation. Perfect order as He's designed His plan to continue to go. Friends, where you work, where you go each week is designed by God. You are called in that space. You are called to that place. Do you actually understand that? Like, are you actually coming to realize and think, man, the Lord's called me here for this season. And so I'm going to work for Him. I'm going to worship Him where I'm at. This is a beautiful truth that we get to just remember that the Lord has called us. And so we should work diligently because He's called us to that specific place. Now, the reality is that if we work lazy, if we're kind of idle, if we're slothful, that's not really honoring to God, is it? It's not super honoring to God to kind of just go and do what you need to do to get by and just kind of say, okay, I'll check in for a little bit. I'll check out for majority of it. I'm not actually going to work hard. That, that's not actually honoring to God at all, right? That we should work diligently because He's placed us there, because He's called us there, and because we want to love Him and honor Him in our work. In Second Th- Thessalonians Chapter 3, verses 7 to 11, they read this. It says, For you yourselves know how you ought to imitate us, because we were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's bread without paying for it. But with toil and labor we worked day and night, that we might not be a burden to any of you. It was not because we do not have that right, but to give you in ourselves an example to imitate. For even when we were with you, we would give you this command... Here it is. If anyone's not willing to work, let him not eat. For we hear that some among you walk in idleness, not busy at work, but busy bodies. Right? So Paul is drawing out even to the church in Thessalonica. He's saying, hey, we tried to give you an example while we were there to work hard, not be idle, to not be lazy, because that's dishonoring to God. That's not loving to God at all. But the exact opposite of that, right? Like if you go to the opposite side of the spectrum, it's workaholic, constantly working, never putting it down. That's not good either. In fact, we see God rested, right? In Genesis, as we read it last week, that God rests on the seventh day. And then as we read the Gospels, we see Jesus himself goes away to uh, actually sit with the Father and rest. So don't be a workaholic, but don't also be idle. We should still work diligently and hard because we want to love and honor God in all that we do, whatever it is that you do. Work for the Lord. Whatever it is that you do, continue to love God in the midst of your work. Now, a beautiful byproduct of working for the Lord, right? Worshiping and loving God through our work is that it leads us to love others Right? It leads us to love those through our work and to love them around our work. So uh, read with me Matthew 22, verses 35 to 39. Uh, this is the great commandment. And so I'll just read it for us here. It says this, And one of them, a lawyer, he asked a question to test him, Jesus, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the great, this is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now, when we truly love God, when we actually desire to worship Him and love Him and all that we do, specifically in our work, right, in our day-to-day calling where God has placed us When we love Him there, it turns out the byproduct of that is that we end up loving those around us, right? We end up giving them beautiful blessings in in different ways, whatever that is. Uh, And so working for the Lord, loving God, actually leads to you working diligently, right? Getting maybe your projects done on time at work. Or, or performing with excellence so that you love your coworkers well and, and you can be able to pass off what's next for them or whatever it is and how your company or business or whatever, how it all kind of sets up. You love others well by loving God well, by actually carrying and, and digging deep and digging into that heart posture and saying, man, I just want to love the Lord with all that I do and I'm going to love the Lord today, Monday through Friday. I'm going to love the Lord each and every single day of the week but as I go into work this week, I'm going to love God and that's going to lead to you actually working diligently and that leads to loving others, right? We, we all know what it's like to have maybe a person who slacks off at work and the project doesn't get done or whatever. Remember group projects in high school? For those of you in school still, you remember group projects. There's always that one person who kind of slacked off. That was me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and so that it just it frustrates everyone else in the group. It's just annoying at that point because people are just like, come on, we just need to keep going, right? And it's the same thing, right? Why would we work idly? That's not honoring to the Lord and that's not honoring to those who are around us either. So we work hard. When we work hard, and when we love the Lord through our work, we love those who are around us at work, right? Like that's a truth that we can cling to. And just as God has given you talents to go to work and do your job, perform your vocation, whatever it is, God equips Christians to build up the body of Christ, but he also sends us out to build up the human community, to care about those around us each and every single day, to give a good effort to love the Lord through our work, and we love others picture this with me right there's uh the lord's prayer the lord's prayer our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread what's our daily bread it's kind of our daily needs right what we need each day to continue living and even his word right as we eat and drink from it and soak that all all soaking all the beauty but think of it this way a farmer in the midst of the spring he goes out and he plants seeds for wheat he waters it he cares for it maybe he's got people that he works with and sends out to continue to do that then harvest season they go out they harvest the wheat And then maybe they contract with a trucking company that comes and picks up the wheat. Now we've got more people who are working together to make something happen, right? And as they continue to go on, the trucking company then probably has people who do the billings, people who send the trucks where to go, when to go, right? There's already more people. Then they take it to the factory. The factory's got the owner of the factory, the assembly line workers, the janitors. It's got everyone within there. And then they go and take the wheat, turn it into flour, then they mix it up with uh, the eggs and all the stuff to make the dough. Then the assembly line kind of sends it to the bakers. Then the bakers have to bake it and then cut it and then package it. There's probably other people who do the packaging, actually. And then it goes from the packaging to another trucking company that probably delivers the bread goes into a grocery store, there's the stockers, there's the cashiers, there's the managers, there's everyone who works within the grocery store, and then there's uh, maybe the parent or the spouse or the person who's going into the grocery store who has to go and grab the bread and buy it and then walk home and prepare the meal and make the meal. Friends, each part of this, there's someone working and that work then leads to blessing someone else. God uses something so simple, right, that we would just think of like a a package of bread that people worked diligently on throughout the week to bless us as we eat from it each day, as we take it in. And and so if you're thinking maybe your work doesn't actually bless those around you, I, I promise you that it does because God is using you at your work right, as you work hard to continue to bless those around you through your work. Because if someone messes up along the way, right, think if someone who's sending the trucks and they send them the wrong direction or the truck driver makes a wrong turn and then doesn't get to the grocery store and then you go to the grocery store and you go to buy bread and your bread's all out, right, it kind of messes things up. And, And as we work diligently, as we work for the Lord, right, We want to continue to love God, but also love those around us. And as we work, our work actually blesses others. Our work matters. We continue to love others around us. And so we should love others through our work by working hard, by caring about what's before us, what's in front of us, to work diligently at whatever it is that you do. If it's sitting at a keyboard and typing all day, if it's standing in front of a classroom of 30 students, if it's uh, raising children in the home and actually teaching them themselves, whatever it is that you do, we should love others through our work. We should love the Lord. And it blesses others. It leads to continually loving others. And not only blessing people through our work, but blessing people around our work. We're jumping to Mark now. I told you we're going to be all over the place. Uh, Mark chapter 10, verse 45. We have the greatest example of how to bless people around our work. In Jesus himself. It says this in Mark 10:45. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. And he gave his life as a ransom for many. We should look at our vocation, our jobs, our callings as opportunities to serve those around us, right? It can be as simple as picking up the trash and taking it out. It it can be as simple as volunteering for the one thing that nobody else wants to do. I'm not saying you have to do it every time to overload yourself with it, but to serve those around you, to actually care for them in these little ways. Right? Jesus was the greatest example of this. He didn't come and live a prideful life and say, yeah, rub my feet, I'm the king of the universe. He, he didn't say, go get me water, please. I'm just going to sit here. I'll take over the Romans here in a couple of weeks. No, he himself came to serve, to give his life as a ransom for many. This is a beautiful truth that we should look at Jesus' life and live out that example, that we should continue to serve those around us. Not saying, yeah, that's below my pay grade. I I probably don't need to do that. Not living pridefully, but living as servants, as Christ himself was. Because when we look at Christ, Christ, And when we see that he gave his life as a ransom for many, that he died for each and every single one of us in the midst of our sin, that he gave us life, that he invited us into this beautiful family that we get to worship God each day, that we have a wonderful inheritance to look forward to, a hope to remember that Christ is returning, that this new earth is going to be so beautiful, so amazing. But what's beautiful about it is that we get him himself and he did it all so that we could know him. So that we could be with him for eternity. This is a beautiful truth that we can have everlasting life with Jesus. So, for the believer in the room, for the brother and sister, I want you to remember this good news. This good news each and every single day that the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, so that you would have life. He came for you so that you would have life with Him for eternity. Regardless of whether you did really, really well at work today or you did really, really poor. Regardless of how much you messed up, He continues to run after each and every single one of us so that we would worship Him and love Him and come to see the amazing grace that He's given to us. City Light, remember this good news. Because it is the greatest news that we could ever know the greatest news that we could ever receive the greatest life that we could ever have in worshiping christ in all that we do and if you haven't actually taken the step of faith to trust in jesus to trust in him as your lord and savior would you today would you come to realize it's not about how hard you work and how good you're going to be so that's going to clean you up no all of your sin has made you dirty. All of your good works are filthy rags outside of Jesus. And He's the only one who could pay for our sins. He's the only way that we could have eternal life. He is the one who came to serve, to pay as His life as a ransom for many so that we would have life in Him. If you haven't made the personal decision to actually walk with Jesus, would you do that today? Would you give your life over to Him so why, why do we do this? Why do we work in this way, right? Why do we work diligently? Why do we love God at work? Why do we continue to love others at work? And it's because we have a king who's given us an inheritance. And that inheritance is the greatest thing that we could ever have or ever receive. But we also want others to receive the inheritance as well. So I'm going to read Colossians 3.24 one more time. Knowing that from the Lord... You will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. You are serving the Lord Christ. This beautiful inheritance that we have is the greatest gift we could ever, ever receive. I praise God for the fact that we have a hope to look forward to. And I beg the Lord that he would continue to save more people that are around us. I was kind of convicted last week when uh, Ricky started talking about how at church you often hear the pastors just kind of go, Yeah, just share the gospel at work. Share the gospel at work. And I feel like I've been guilty of that, right? But we never actually tell you how to love the Lord through your work. And so I'm excited that we're doing this series. But there is a truth that when we love God through our work, when we work diligently when we worship Him at our work, people will notice. There will be a difference. And there will be moments where we're able to share with people why we work the way we do. Remember why you do what you do. That's what I wrote on my track spikes. Remember why you do what you do. He is the reason why we do what we do. When I worked at um, the greatest university that Nebraska has to offer, Don, Um <laughs> I don't know why you guys are laughing. That's an honest truth. Um, Anyway. uh, Yep. So I worked in the admission office recruiting high school students. uh, But within the admission office, there was, I think, like six of us as admissions counselors. And there was one person in the office. It wasn't me. There was one person in the office who worked their tail end off each day. We knew that if we wanted a project to get done and done well... If we wanted someone to volunteer for something, when a, there was one coworker. she would always go, I'll do it. I'll get it done. And it was immaculate. Her work was amazing. She would always work diligently and do it really, really well. And so it kind of popped my attention. And so I, one day I'm talking to her in, in her office, and I'm, ask, I'm like, why, why do you do that? Why do you work so hard? Like the rest of us are all kind of slacking off. Like what? Why do you do that? And she goes, I just kind of want to be known for working hard. I think it's just what we're supposed to do. Church, how much more beautiful would it be if at the end of this week, if on Friday, a coworker comes up to you and goes, man, you busted your tail this week. Why? Well, it's, Because I have a king who gave his life as a ransom for many. A king who who came to serve, not to be served. Because I love the Lord and I just want to honor him with everything that I do. How much more beautiful would it be if in that moment we were able to share Christ with someone or just tell them why we're working diligently because God has called us to that certain place and we just want to love and honor him with everything that we do. How beautiful would that be if when you guys go to work when we go to work we're able to love the lord love those around us and point people to him a question that we should all be asking ourselves is are we working in such a way that's prompting people to ask why are you working in such a way that's prompting people to ask why 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, it says this, But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. Be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason of the hope that you have that's within you. Church, are we prepared to tell people about our great king, to be able to share with them the love of Christ? And are we working in such a way that prompts people to ask why? On my track spikes, I tried to remind myself, remember why you do what you do. I continually told myself as I looked down, Colossians 3.23, work for the Lord, not for man. Love the Lord that all, with all that I do, each and every single day. Jesus is the reason why we do what we do. He is the proper motivation because he's come and he's saved us. Because He died for the price of our sins, and one day we will be with Him for complete eternity. He is our motivation. He is who we love. He is who we adore. He is who we worship in whatever it is that we do. Everything. And hopefully it will prompt someone to ask, why? Remember that we don't work for our paychecks. Yes, that's a reality. We do have to make money in order to continue to live, but that's not our proper motivation when we work. Our motivation is Christ in Christ alone, that we serve the Lord Jesus, that we worship Him with all that we do. This is our great hope. This is how we live out our calling to the place where you're called out each and every single week. Church, a, a small challenge, small challenge. If you've if you got an iPhone, you can set reminders on your phone. Androids, I don't know what's up with that, but uh, if you've got an iPhone, you can set reminders on your phone right before you go into work tomorrow. Set a reminder for five minutes before maybe you're supposed to walk into the office or wherever it is that you go to work heartily for the Lord. To just love God at work one day at a time to continue to worship Him with all that you do? What's behind your heart motivation? Why is it that you're going to work? Remember why you do what you do. Are you remembering that? Are you living out Colossians 3, 23 and 24 to work for the Lord, to remember the beautiful inheritance, to remember that you don't work for man, but that you work for Christ? Are you remembering that truth? And are you working heartily for Him, to just love Him, to worship Him out of a response for what He's done for us. So church, would you pray with me? Would you examine your hearts to serve Jesus this week, to love Christ and honor Him and to work for Him in all that you do? Let's pray. Lord, I am grateful that You have given us the task to continue to work that you've invited us into that beautiful, amazing relationship. Lord, I pray that we would continue to respond to the amazing grace that you've given to us. I pray that as we go, that we would remember to work heartily for you. Not because it saves us, not because it makes us better, but just out of a response to the saving grace that you've given to us, that you've invited us into your family, that we have an inheritance and a hope to look forward to. Would we work for you and you alone in all that we do? It's in your beautiful name. Amen.